Hello, this is episode two of season three, and this episode will outline some of the resources that you can use, both people and non-people ones, to help you set your budget for your renovation or your new home. So join me now. Welcome to Get It Right with the Undercover Architect. This is the podcast all about designing, building, or renovating your home. I'm your host, Amelia Lee. Think of me as your secret ally. I am on a mission to help you create a home that makes your life better, whoever you're working with and whatever your dreams, your location or your budget. Together we'll uncover the nitty gritty of how to get it right and how to create a home that works, feels great and that you feel great in. So join me now. Our Get It Right podcast partner this season is Kiko LED. So Kiko LED is customizable DIY LED strip lighting that you can order online to your specifications for your needs and your project. So perhaps you've been looking for that integrated designed lighting solution and you found it really hard to access as a one-off for your project. It's expensive to get made to order or it requires your electrician to do a bunch of work on site to make it happen. But you can just see that LED strip lighting channel concealed in your joinery or perhaps included in the walls of your stair void or around the edge of your deck to add drama in the evenings. Then I really encourage you to check out Kiko LED and that's Kiko K-I-I-K-O. Now previously this level of customization and design for lighting solutions it was only accessible to those in the trade and Kiko instead brings custom linear LED to you from their headquarters in Brisbane Australia and it's all able to be ordered online via the Kiko website. So you pick your design, you pick your length, you pick your LED light type. If you need help with designing your LED strip lighting solution, you can always jump on the phone or email one of their team as well. And I've been able to organise with Kiko a fantastic UA community only offer. So if you head to their website at www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect, you'll be able to access a $25 discount to use on your first order. And that link will be in the show notes as well. So pricing starts at $95 per lineal meter plus shipping. So it's great quality, really affordable product that can really offer that lighting design edge that you may be looking forward to make your new home or renovation project feel great. Now let's get on with the episode. Often when you're starting to think about your project and you're trying to determine the budget that you need to set aside for it, you actually don't want to have too many public conversations about it. And I find this is for a few reasons. You know, one might be that you just feel clueless. You don't know who to start speaking to or the questions to ask. And in feeling like that, you may be worried that you'll look foolish, that you'll say something you're not supposed to, or that you'll give builders and professionals information that just really gives away too much for you. And it may be that you actually don't want to give away too much too soon. You know, show your hand and then be at the mercy of trusting everyone to not be taking advantage of you. I know that one thing that many homeowners that I speak to that they fear is all of the unknowns. And whenever you're in that kind of territory, whenever you're feeling totally outside of your comfort zone, it can be really hard to be there. It's a really hard place to be. And to admit that you don't really know what you're doing whilst you're sort of standing out there outside of your comfort zone. 
I recently spoke with Deborah Hutton for her website, Renovation Rookie. She's renovating her own home in Sydney and she's sharing her journey on Renovation Rookie. And she interviewed me for the website and she said that one of the questions that she had was that she felt like that she'd been saying to everyone, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And and in saying that, that she may actually be getting herself into trouble because for her, it felt like by saying to everybody, look, I have no idea what I'm doing, that it may mean that the people that she's asking for costs and for quotes are going to use that information to take her for a ride, that they're going to take advantage and really just charge her anything because she's not going to know any better. And she wasn't sure about whether her honesty about her lack of experience or knowledge was the best way to approach things. You know, I'd like to say this, and this is what I said to her, and I'd like to say this to you if this is how you're feeling. You know, you're not supposed to know what you're doing, especially if this is the first time that you've renovated or built your home. And the biggest challenge that you'll experience in renovating or building, the one that will totally stuff things up, that will unravel you every single time, is that you don't know what you don't know. And often the only way to deal with this is to admit that you don't know anything and to find people to start filling those knowledge gaps for you. So as I said to Deb, it can be a great thing to start a conversation with someone like that by saying, I don't really know what I'm doing, and then see what happens at their end. You know, the reaction that you get from them, it's a really powerful way to gauge the quality of those that you're looking to work with. Because if you then feel that the reaction you get is that you feel like you're being patronised or bamboozled or misled, then it's a good sign that that person is not someone that you really want to work with. And I think we can all get gut reactions to how we may be being treated by people when we're dealing with them in territory that we don't really understand, you know. So as a professional, if a homeowner starts their conversation with me like that, saying, you know, I I don't really know what I'm doing, I see that my role then is to, you know, as someone who's done this time and time before, that I need to meet them where they are, that I need to start filling in the holes in their knowledge. I need to start asking them lots of questions and I need to understand where they're trying to get to and then guiding them towards that outcome. So if you're feeling like this, like you, you know, you don't really know what you're doing and you are scared to open conversations with that way. Just remember that it can be a good way to gauge the kind of people that you're talking to and whether they're going to be a good fit for you and your project. But if you are sitting at home and you're thinking this whole renovation and building thing through and trying to work out whether you're going to take on renovating or building your home and perhaps you've watched, you know, the reality TV programs like The Block and House Rules and Fixer Upper and you're thinking, you know, I just want to get a handle on budgets. I want to find out how much things are going to cost for the kinds of things I'm thinking about. You know, before I start bothering anyone, before I feel like I'm wasting anybody's time, before I'm giving too much away, I'm going to share with you now some places that you can start to find some of this information out. So firstly, there's online resources. So if you plug home renovation budget calculator, home building calculator, cost guide for renovating, cost guide for building, any of those kinds of things into Google, you'll see a myriad of websites come up 
that can actually help you start calculating the cost of your renovation or new build. And there's a few websites where you can check the prices of construction in Australia for homes of different sizes as well. And where you can use calculators to get ideas for the cost of your renovation or new home because you can fill out certain fields and you can use drop-down menus that are plugged in to choose from a range of options and start getting a bit of an understanding for costing. I've got a few faves and I'm going to put all the links to these in the show notes, but here's a quick rundown. So the first one is Home Design Directory. It's a useful website generally. It's got a building cost calculator that you can use in it and there's a video to explain to you how to use it as well. There's also a website that's called All Australian Architecture. It's owned by an architect named Adam Presley, who I don't know personally, but he's got a budget calculator on his website and you can check that out. You can actually complete things, fill out drop-down menus and, and get information that way. There's another website that's got a calculator on it that's actually set by a group of valuers and it's got construction costs based on whether you're building a project home or an architect designed home or an executive architect designed home and where in Australia you're building it. And I found it really interesting actually just to play with it and look at the different states and sort of see the different prices. Gives you quite big ranges. But remember, this is early. We're just starting out, okay? There's a website called finder.com.au and that's got a series of renovation and building cost calculators for different rooms, so for your bathroom, for your, for your kitchen, for example, and it's got guides that you can review as well. And it'll let you choose whether you're planning to do it on, at a budget level or at a luxe level or a premium standard of finish as well, and it, it'll show the various costs involved. And you know, one of the things that I liked about this calculator and this resource was that it broke down the final costs into elements. So for example, it said, you know, like for flooring, it showed the cost rate per square metre that it was assuming and then the number of square metres for that material. So that means that when you actually then start looking at, you know, some more detail, you can compare that to the assumptions that have been included in that early sort of cost assessment that you've done. So don't be scared to check some of these out, to have a bit of a play, to Google and have a look at some of your own and to see what cost guidelines and what calculators you can find for your renovation or building project. You'll find that as you test your ideas and plans for your home in these and other calculators that you find online, you'll be uncovering more information and more details about what does and doesn't impact the cost calculators overall and what information they need from you to work out the cost for you as well. And this is all part of you getting educated in how to work out the cost of your project. Remember too that I, I said in the last episode to check the development applications of projects lodged with your council in your area. So this is something you can do online and you can go into council's websites if you know the address. A lot of councils will let you be able to view projects online that are currently being assessed by their town planners and a lot of councils will request that the estimated cost of construction be declared as part of the development application. So, you know, if if a homeowner is renovating or extending their home, their application drawings will then usually include existing drawings as well as the proposed drawings. So if you can read floor plans, you'll be able to assess how much is being changed and added to in the original home. And then of course, you know, you you won't necessarily be able to understand the standard of finish, all of the fixtures and fittings that are being specified. But, you know, this is another piece of information that you can use to get a bit of a, an understanding and add to your book of budget and cost fact finding. 
Now, other resources that you can use when you're setting your budget are offline. And so talking to those in the industry about current costs of building and renovating is, of course, another resource that is available to you when you're beginning your project. Now, you may not want to be speaking in detail about your project and your plans for it with professionals because you're not sure about whether you're going to work with them in the long term. But don't forget that you can hypothetically speak to these designers. I don't mean hypothetically speak to them as in not actually speak to them, but I mean I mean speak to them hypothetically about a project you may or may not intend to do. So, you know, and just, just have a bit of an understanding about how costs are sitting, you know, where budgets are for the projects that they're generally working on right now, you know, because renovating and building costs do move and and so staying in touch with this information is important you know if you're planning a current renovation or new home and you're basing it on the costs that your neighbor experienced sort of 12 to 18 months ago that may cause problems for you in setting your budget at that amount so you know have an understanding about what budgets and costs are doing at the moment and just ask lots of questions you know and and see what information you can glean from the conversations that you're having There's two types of professionals who specifically provide costing advice for projects. And one of these types of professionals are quantity surveyors and the other are building estimators. I'm going to be talking more about these specific professionals in a later episode this season and the role that they can perform on your project. But for now, know that they can basically act as an impartial provider of costing information. So some of the cost guideline information that you'll find on websites online will actually be from quantity surveyor or from building estimating businesses. So if you see those terms start to turn up when you're starting to Google and have a look around, you can have a bit more of an understanding about it. And and those professions, those consultants, they can be another resource to use early on in finding out budget information for your project. And as I said, I'll talk more in a later episode about how you can use them during your project as well. Now, what's all the talk about square metre rates? You know, perhaps as you've looked through some of these calculators that you've seen online, you'll see that they refer to building and renovating costs as a dollar amount per square metre. And as you start to progress further into your project and to really getting a handle on what it's going to cost to build or renovate your home, you'll see that these square metre rates are common industry terminology in the way that suppliers might talk about their materials, the way builders might talk about their projects and the way designers might start giving you cost advice on your projects as well. It's really common practice for this terminology to be used. And so when you're having hypothetical conversations with designers or builders, it's terminology that you can start using as well, because I suppose it's the simplest way for you to understand if you're going to build X number of square metres and you're getting square metre rate advice from builders and designers, you know, it's a quick multiplier for you to work out roughly what a cost of building or renovating might be. So they are a good place to start, particularly when you're just trying to find somewhere to start. They do have their traps though, so I'm going to take you through what some of those traps can be. So square metre rates are going to be particular to the designer and the builder and the project. So some builders are just capable of achieving lower square metre rates than others, purely because of the volume of work that they build each year and the types of relationships that they have with their subcontractors and their suppliers. So some builders 
you know, they'll largely build similar types of projects all the time. And, you know, if they're smaller homes on flat blocks with no site constraints, and then you ask them their square metre rates to apply to your hilly, rocky, weirdly shaped block, you know, you won't necessarily be comparing apples with apples. If you're speaking to builders or designers about their square metre rates on their projects, you know, understand what what is informing that square metre rate. What types of projects do they do? Where do they ordinarily build? What standard are they building to? You know, and is any of that in alignment with what you're envisaging for your project so that you can understand the information that you're receiving and how that might apply? So if you're speaking to volume builders, for example, you know, builders who build a significant number of homes, so, you know, more than 50 per year, understand too whether the square metre rate that they're telling you is actually for a finished home or for a home that has no driveway, no light fittings, no floor coverings, for example, because a lot of volume builders and project home builders will tell you a base cost that is for a home with no floor coverings, no driveway, no light fittings, for example, and then there'll be an upgrade cost to add all of those things in. So just understand what is going into that square metre rate that they're discussing with you. And if you're speaking to designers about square metre rates, then make sure that their projects are similar to the finish and the design style and the level of detail that you're seeking for your renovation or new home. You know, designers who've been overseeing and completing many projects over a period of time, you know, years, they'll actually have a really good handle on how square metre rates work across their projects. I've got colleagues who their first conversation with potential clients will be to show them a table of all of their projects, the completed construction costs, you know, the addresses, and then what the square metre rates worked out at. And that starts as a really good point for a homeowner to think, well, if I'm going to be making my home 300 square metres big or 500 square metres big, and I'm going to use finishes and quality of construction similar to that project, then I need to multiply that by that square metre rate. And that's a good place for me to start understanding what my budget will need to be. You know, but if your project is not similar to the ones that you're talking to these designers about, then the square metre rate's going to be a bit irrelevant for you. The second thing I want to mention is that all square metre rates, they're not created equal, okay? So as you can imagine, a kitchen will have a significantly higher square metre rate than, say, a new lounge room. You know, a bathroom will have a significantly higher square metre rate than a new bedroom. You know, it's not only because of the difference in the sizes between these areas, but it's also what goes into them. So for kitchens and bathrooms, you're looking at joinery and tiling and fixtures and appliances and lots of services working over the top of each other. They're cost-intensive areas, kitchens and bathrooms. And so on a square metre rate, they'll be a much higher cost. You know, square metre rates actually work when they're amortised or they're spread out over all of the things that go into a house. So lower cost intensive rooms like bedrooms and lounge rooms, for example, they'll offset those higher cost intensive spaces like kitchens and bathrooms that it, to then give you an average cost per square metre across an entire home. So if you're building a whole home, this idea of square metre rates will work for you. But if you're renovating and you're mainly adding, you know, brand new kitchen and a couple of new bathrooms and a laundry, then you're, you know, that will need to be reflected in the square metre rate that you're choosing to apply to your project. The third thing that I want to mention is that square metre rates for renovating also need to be applied to the existing parts of the home. And this one often catches out homeowners who are planning a renovation and setting their budget. 
You know, the thing with renovating is that your existing home will usually require some work as well. So even with the most strategic of renovation design that disrupts the existing home as little as possible, chances are that there'll still be some work occurring in the existing home. And the work that occurs in the existing home will often come at a cost premium to the work that you're doing to add to the home, the build new work. And and this is because, you know, renovating inside an existing home is usually far more labour intensive, takes more time. It's a one-off solution, you know, where your builder can't apply, the, necessarily apply the efficiencies and the economies that come from building new in an extension that they're adding on to your home. So my advice is that when you're setting your renovation budget that you apply your square meter rates to anything that you are building new and extending on the home as well as anything that you are touching in the existing house and I mean just touching okay anything that is happening in any room in that existing house needs to have the same square meter rate applied to it. So lastly, I I just want you to remember that this is about starting, okay? So when you're starting, when you're setting your budget, you just, you don't have to have all the answers immediately. Consider this as a means of uncovering intel that's going to help you inform, be informed as your project moves forward. I find that when homeowners do this, when they start being curious, start digging themselves, they learn things that actually, they ultimately help them get clearer about their brief their deal breakers, their must-haves, you know, and what they're ultimately seeking for to achieve for their project. And it's also worth remembering that there is cost and there is value and those two things can be entirely different. Okay, so just because something costs a certain amount doesn't mean that it's going to be valued to that amount to you or to anyone else that you're renovating or building with. You know, this is the thing that everyone values things differently. You can look at all the design options in the world, all the materials and all the products in the world and all the display homes that you can get your little butt to on a weekend and you can love them or you can hate them or you can feel mediocre about them. But the minute that you find out about their cost It's amazing how quickly that will bring clarity over what it is worth to you and what it isn't, you know, what its actual value is compared to its actual cost. Your value perception may also differ from your partner's as well. And that can make for some interesting conversations early on your project and throughout your project. So I want you to picture yourself standing on the wide edge of a funnel, all right, like the top edge of a triangle. And at the pointy end down the bottom, you know, is your finished home. And you're at this point on the wide end where you're gathering all this information and that's going to help you move through as the funnel gets narrower and narrower towards the pointy end where your finished home is. And as you attribute values to the things that you're seeing and discovering, you'll get greater clarity if they're going to be valuable choices for you and your home. I really encourage you as you find out what things cost, that you assess what the value is that they have to you and whether they're going to add value to your home and your lifestyle. You know, will these things that you're looking at, will they, these choices, will they make your life simpler, easier, more beautiful, more fun, less stressful, more organized, less chaotic? You know, because ultimately that's what we want our family homes to do and to be for us. And if you can use this frame of mind as you start gathering information in these early days of your project, you know, it can provide some enormous relief to the process overall because it will remove a lot of the noise and the distraction and it'll keep you on track to the home that suits you most. 
Now, in the next episode, I'm going to be talking about the top five reasons that I hear homeowners use to enable them to save money in their project, either renovation or new build. And I'm going to share why these top five reasons can actually be huge mistakes and cost you far more in the long run. Now, have you checked out the Kiko LED website yet? If you jump onto the website, remember to use the link www.kiko.com.au forward slash undercover architect. That's K-I-I-K-O.com.au forward slash undercover architect. There's a $25 discount on your first order waiting there for you as part of the UA community. There's various different types of channels. There's 12 in total. And the Kiko number one channel, which will be the first one that you see in the little grid of pictures, it's a small channel that's 23 millimetres wide, so 2.3 centimetres wide overall, and only 8 millimetres deep, so less than a centimetre deep. And this one's got a flange or a flat rim of aluminium around the LED light diffuser. So what this means is that you can actually slot it into a ceiling so that it will sit flush with the ceiling level as a narrow strip of LED lighting. And the beauty of the Kiko LED is that you can order it to any length that you want. So, And then they'll just break it down into sections for you that you can then connect on site. You can also think about flush mounting it into bulkheads that you might have over areas that you need task lighting in. You know, I love how slender the Kiko one is. It's so subtle and neat. So it's a really lovely way to get lighting into a space that would just appear like a, a just a beautiful slice of light in the ceiling when it's on at night. So you can also download a PDF that's got technical details on all the different channels as well so that you can see exactly how big they are before you order, which is super helpful too. Join me next time in episode three and I'll be debunking those magical money-saving myths that you might be thinking of for your project. Let me help you avoid these mistakes before you start them, okay? Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Get It Right podcast with Undercover Architect. Now, if you head to the Undercover Architect website, you'll see loads more helpful information on how to get it right when designing, building or renovating your home simply and with confidence. Not only can you see all the podcast episodes there, there's also a wealth of written blogs and of videos too covering all sorts of topics. And there's other ways as well that Undercover Architect can give you more support and guidance for your project. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to the podcast, please subscribe so that you always get notified of new episodes as soon as they go live. And I'd love it too if you could please leave a review. I <laughs> know that iTunes doesn't make it easy to leave a review, but when you do, this is super helpful in spreading the word that this podcast exists to others who really need to hear it to get help with planning their future homes. This has been Amelia Lee from Undercover Architect. Thank you for listening and for letting me be your secret ally. Looking forward to next time. Bye. Jackrabbit FM. For your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.